Welcome back, everybody, to the Building Ahrensburg podcast. I'm Thomas Ahrensburg. And I'm Catherine Ahrensburg. Today's episode, we will be tackling how and what we spend money on when it comes to our construction projects. This is what people really want to know. We're really getting down to the soup and nuts, as Canadians say. Did you know they say that? Soup and nuts? I was wondering (laughs) when you said soup, I was like, (laughs) where is she going? (laughs) Soup and nuts. I would have gone nuts and bolts. That's the American way to say it. Nuts and bolts, America. By the way, can I just say that last time I'd put too much hot chocolate mix into my milk, it's perfect this time, as is the temperature, so it's warming my hands. Did you go with the half milk, half water? It was really like three quarters milk, one quarter water, because I didn't want to get too mess, you know, I didn't want to mess up the ratio too much. Right. Full water hot cocoa has got to be the grossest thing. I don't know why people, well, it's cheap. And you know, I think uh, hot chocolate it's mix. thinner too, I'm sure. It's extremely thin. People like it. But way, I think probably. hot chocolate mix comes with powdered milk. That's part of the mix, right. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're supposed to add water and it kind of makes milk. But you know, non-fat dry powdered milk is non, so you're, it's non-fat milk. So you're dealing with skim milk in your hot chocolate. And I'm not down with that. Two percent minimum. That's, that's a preference. Some people probably like their coffee straight black. I'm getting there. Which is just water. I'm getting there. Right. It's it's pure energy, is what it is, Thomas. Right. Pure energy. Disgusting. <laughs> even with the cream and the sugar, you and cannot. The, I know you cannot get that I'm guy. Not a coffee guy. No, you can't even eat like a tiramisu or a frappuccino. Frappuccino, my friends, is the gateway to hot coffee, I can't black even, coffee. Can't even get into the gateway. Yeah, you can't even get to the gateway. It's fine. You find your o- right. other it's ways to flave. find energy. I don't know what they are. Putting my feet on the floor in the morning. Life, life makes you. Alive. That's what I tell myself in the morning. (laughs) Put your feet on the floor. If you don't stand up, you'll fall down. So If I can just get my feet off the bed, onto the floor, it's go time. Once those feet hit. Then you'll be off and running. It's go time. So, the first kind of broad question is, where do we start when it comes to, you know, we are now on our third house. Each was a little bit different from... The first house being very cosmetic, the second house being a total overhaul, this house kind of being somewhere in between. Where do we start? You know, how do we decide we're going to do this one first, it's going to cost $10,000, and then we'll do this one next, it's only going to cost us $100? The way we did it was we bought an inexpensive house, we put down a 20% down payment so that our payments were low. Our first house probably, I think it was a $522 monthly payment. That is how much we were paying per month for the mortgage. So no matter almost what your salary is, that's cheaper than an apartment for the most part. So we were able to have some free cash from just working jobs that uh, we could we could do repairs with. And we only did projects as we got money. We have never taken loans out right. to complete projects. That's not how we do things. And so uh, the first house, we had 20% down, $522 monthly payment, did projects as we went, sold it 10 years later for $125,000, exactly what we paid for it. Moving on to next house. 
The second house we bought, we also put 20% down, but we bought it for seven, no, $90,000. So we had a mortgage for like $72,000 or something like that. Our monthly payment there was 300 and something dollars. So, I mean, we're getting lower with the payments. And I know people usually move up and up and up, but that house needed so much more work than the first house. So we knew that $322 was a low monthly payment, but we would be spending, I think when, by the time we moved, we averaged it all out, how much we had spent per month on renovations. And it was about a thousand dollars a month in renovations. Yeah. Which when you, when you factor that in to the mortgage, you're spending $1,200 a month on your house. Well, it was 1300 but $1,000 plus the 322 for our mortgage. I thought it was 200 But to me, we made it what we wanted. You learned, you and I both learned so many skills that we carried on to this house that as you're going, you are increasing your skills to where you're saving yourself more and more money as you move along. So learning the skills was worth, um, you know, not just moving into an already done house that everybody else would have done. 1300 bucks a month. But the other huge thing as far as a money and budgeting standpoint is a $1,300 mortgage for us would have been absolutely no, absolutely, we could not have afforded $1,300 a month. We could afford $300 a month, and then projects as money came to us. It averaged out $2,000 a month. Sure, but, but it wasn't there every month. It was not there every month, and sometimes it was a chunk of $10,000 that we had saved over time to do a project, and that is how we got that house done. Right. Then... We, we, so we bought that house for $90,000. We sold it for $165,000. And I can tell you that we also broke even on that house. We didn't make any money. All in with all the money that we spent on it, we probably spent $165,000 on that house. We replaced everything. Everything was new in that house. Um, but all the skills we learned, and we came out even. The way I looked at it was we were living in a house basically rent-free for 10 years that we were paying utilities and property taxes on. That's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, it is. And all the skills that we learned. And, and the all the skills that we learned. It was like a practice house. Right. It was like an internship in construction. So once we moved from that house, we sold it for 165 And then we moved to the house that we're in now, which we also bought for $165,000. We're going to be completely transparent here. I have no issues with telling you guys exactly how much things cost. Because I don't think that we talk enough about money. I don't think that we talk enough about finances. And I think people are afraid. And I ain't scared. So we're going to talk about it. We also paid $165,000 for this house, which is exactly what we sold our old house for. But this house is 1,000 square feet more. So we got more square footage for the exact same price. A bigger lot also. A bigger lot, a pool. In a neighborhood. In a neighborhood. Yeah, it was was definitely a move up for us, we felt like, for our family, which is, you know... Regardless, you know, um, but since we had, since we were not paying into a large mortgage payment from the last house, we had all that money out to pay a big down payment on this house plus money left over to make some pretty big improvements before we ever really even moved in. Day one. We did Mm -hmm. the route, like we said, episode one, I think. We put like $40,000 into this house between a roof, an HVAC system, removing a wall and putting a beam in, some pretty big things. Yeah. So, you know. But now that, you know, now that initial money was spent to do those big projects, 
we kind of have settled back into what we did with with the old with the other house. You know, we we have a low mortgage payment, six hundred and something dollars now, which is still fifty six. We something. are living in a twenty five hundred square foot house for six hundred something dollars a month, which is and so we're saving money. I say saving. We're money. doing the we're same able thing. To save money. We're doing the same month. thing we were always doing. And when we get a chunk of it, and we have projects kind of slated, we want to do this next, and this next, and this next. And again, we have a lot more experience than probably most people. So we know kind of what fits in terms of what should be next or what could be next. And so when we get the money to do that, you know, our next big thing are these floors. We think the floors are going to cost us a few hundred dollars to mm-hmm. get the epoxy. Mm-hmm. And maybe I think we might have to get another one of those squeegee things just so that <laughs> these little I mean, tools. We, we know approximately what it's going to cost and so how much we need to save to get to that so that we can start the project. It really now just becomes a matter of when we're going to do it. But if you spend time saving all along, you don't stress so much about the possible hiccups that could come along that would cost you a little more money. Because inevitably, you've heard it a thousand times, if you look into any kind of construction, they'll tell you, you know, incidentals add up to like 10% over and above what the original bid was. And people are like, oh, yeah, 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 10%, whatever. It happens. And for us, it's usually materials. Like you said, you need an extra yeah, always, squeegee or always, you need a, yeah. you know, gloves or, oh, I ran out of plumber's putty or, you know, whatever. And so you have to go out and buy more supplies. Um, but if you're saving all along and things aren't so tight, then you have some wiggle room to deal with. Um and, you know, some some people, that's the difference between not going out to the bar and having a beer, you know, $6. Right. We've or, been your, in, or your morning Starbucks every day. Right. That's huge. I mean, that's yeah. probably $100 a week. Which, you know, when I started drinking coffee, which I didn't start drinking coffee until I had my third child. He was like the catalyst for alcohol and coffee. Uh, all that being said, this habit of drinking coffee was really getting expensive. So I went and invested in a what I would consider it to be a nice coffee machine. I talk about it pretty frequently on my um, Instagram and stuff, but the cost of it. The initial cost. The initial cost up front, I bought it used on Craigslist. Mm -hmm. It was a very nice coffee machine. I think I paid a couple hundred dollars for it. I mean, how many Starbucks coffees? $5 a day. Yeah, you've had that thing for years now. Oh, I've had it for, since he he was practically born. He's nine now. Um Five dollars a day. That thing has paid for itself so many times over and right. above a Starbucks cup, cup fact, of coffee. In fact, we've even we fixed it a couple of times. I think. Sure. Yeah. Had to buy replacement parts. For yeah. The water tank or something. But those are the things that you you invest in up front. It's like who has six hundred dollars for a coffee machine or whatever it costs. But then you go. But I'm going to go to Starbucks every day. We tend to whittle away nickels and dimes and forget about saving dollars right over a long period of time we spend it in the short run and don't think about how much it's really going to cost us in the long run and so i think that's what we try to focus our energy on is weighing the options between what it's going to cost us now and what it's going to cost us in the long run and i think part of what we're talking about today is making those choices for materials or items that do you buy the cheaper of XYZ or do you buy the more expensive right. one? So that's actually where I want to go next, but let's take a little break and we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back. Continuing our talk about 
how and what to spend money on in your construction project. We were just getting into um, the the question of when do I buy high end stuff versus you know I I can't really afford that super high end whatever. Let's just buy this cheaper one right now because I can afford the cheaper one now and maybe I'll get to the high end one sometime down the road. Maybe. The best examples of these are outside ones, which maybe people can relate to, and maybe we can find some examples inside also. Trampolines. We all see the trampolines. Is there a high-end trampoline? Yes, there are high-end trampolines. Are there really? Yes, there's $1,500 trampolines. But, you know, every Black Friday, the trampoline sales come around, and it's like $100 for a trampoline. And there's people out there who are going, I'm going to buy the nicest trampoline. It's You know, I'm going to buy the $1,500. Okay, Stephen, you can buy the $1,500 trampoline, but I can buy 15 of these $100 trampolines. Right. And even if I have to buy one every year, my kids will have grown out of the idea yeah, of a trampoline right. by then. In 15 years, they will definitely have grown out of the trampoline idea. So I know some people go, that's wasteful. There's that end of it too. I totally get that. If you want to be totally eco-friendly and you want to maybe sell that thing later on, not everybody agrees with this train of thought. I totally get it. Um, the other thing too I think of is mulch. Uh, people love this rubber mulch idea, especially for kids' play areas. Mm-hmm. Rubber mulch is the most expensive product that you can buy to put under your kids' feet. You can buy dump truck loads full of mulch, of natural wood mulch. Yeah multiple times over for the cost of one time of furnishing a playground with rubber mulch. So to me, not not to mention the fact that the rubber mulch does not biodegrade, so by the time your kids are done with the playground, that mulch will still be there. It'll still be for there. Generations, I'm sure. By the way, smelling like hot tires whenever it gets hit by the sun, but yeah. other than giving everybody headaches, but beyond that, you would have to dig it out. Mulch will biodegrade and sure. go away basically. The mulch, I mean, the uh, rubber mulch will not. And so it's the same thing to me with rocks and landscapes, but that's a whole sip. <laughs> I need like a, we need a landscape. That's, that's a design that's choice a landscape. There. Yeah, that, well, not really. It's other than that too, but it's a landscape podcast uh, situation. But inside, um, look, anything that I can buy off of Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, which I don't do so much anymore, but any kind of used furniture item, I'm here for because... So you you wouldn't have been a fan of my Cutco knives that I used to sell. I am not spending $300 on a set of knives, sir. That is not happening in my life. <laughs> That's why I couldn't sell them either. I didn't I didn't believe I mean, I I'm I come from <laughs> you didn't believe in your own kind product. of the same cloth. I I could not <laughs> get on board with people buying one of these things for me for a hundred dollars for yeah. one, yeah, but you know, there's there's good quality that they, is. They worth. were very good. I I agree that they were. But getting back to the trampolines, if someone tried to sell me a fifteen hundred dollar trampoline, yeah, that's great quality. I don't I don't need that. Yeah, I won't I won't use it for the life of the product. I'm not a chef. You know, our kids and even you take these utensils outside and dig in the <laughs> dirt with them. <laughs> we don't need a $100 knife. You know, I think that's some of it too. You can't possibly be passionate about all the things. and there, But there are people that you are surrounded by, and I know I'm surrounded by, who are professionals and very knowledgeable in an awful lot of things, in knives, in landscape containers, and um, planters and things like that. I mean, I know people who sell $300 planters 
and I'm going, well, what if my, what if my style changes in a year? There's, there's a depreciation situation that happens a lot like right. a car where you can say, yeah, I got this thing and it came from a really nice company in Egypt, but it's still sitting there and it has dirt and it has flowers in it. So I don't care. You know, well, you so might could, you might could resell something like that though. Maybe, but what are we talking about? Faucets, marble, like, you know, things like countertop surfaces that you're touching every day and cutting on every day. To me, that's worth spending the money to get something that, that works for you and your family, regardless of the style of it and what's in right now, which is quartz and quartzite and marble and all that and the light colors. But I think things that you're touching every day and need to be durable because if they're not, you're going to have to replace them really quickly and are very expensive no matter what you buy. I mean, kitchen cabinets mm-hmm. are thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. So in those instances, you're saying, yes, go with the higher end because it'll be a higher quality. I think you have to weigh your options. Yes. Look, IKEA cabinets are some of the most popular kitchen cabinets and the most highly rated cabinets around. I shouldn't be talking too much about interiors because I'm not an interior designer and I don't really know a lot about the products um, as, as much as an interior designer does. But I know that their hardware and Ikea cabinets are very good, the soft closed, closed drawers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're some of the most affordable in the market. They're I don't think they're real wood boxes and things like that. But what I'm saying is cost doesn't always necessarily equate. Do your research because there are some things that – with the label on them, they cost more money because they have a label on them. And you need to know what that right. is. Yeah. We're not talking about couplings for plumbing. We're not talking about a two-by-four that goes in the wall. We are talking about finishes, aren't we? Yes. Well, because everything else is going to be... I mean, if you go to Lowe's and get a two-by-four, it's going to cost almost about the, same, the thing same at Home Depot. Right. Or even a lumber... It might be a little bit different at a lumber yard, but... So the pretties are where we like to spl- splurge. Yes. And where you can... Find a way to, you can find a way to save money. To me, the big things like furniture, you can find on Craigslist and Marketplace if you're really wanting to save some money. And then um, salvage stores, which is are the ones I always shop in, and thrift shops. And what I love so much about those places is that my house then does not look, I, I could have gone and bought everything from the fr- thrift store that day to fill up that room, but it's still going to look like it evolved over time because it was bought from different eras if you go buy everything from Home Goods at one time, it's going to look like it all got put in in 2020, which to me isn't the best. But that's my personal yeah. style. Not everybody's well, the I same. I think it also keeps your house from aging. You know, you can there are certain pop some things out. Yeah, I mean, you can look at a house back. Oh, that was built in the 90s or or whatever because everything got that time is stamp from that age. Yeah. Whereas, like what you're saying, if if your faucets look like they're a little more modern and you're the poles are maybe a little more classic. By the way, I highly recommend that for a landscape. If you are able to just pull, you know, not pull everything out at one time and replace everything, uh, it's going to make your landscape look a lot better because having the mixture of mature and new mm-hmm. makes it look the best. That's the ideal landscape. You want your 50, 50 year old trees with your 10 year old understory trees with your brand new pops of seasonal color and maybe a few shrubs too. It makes it look like it evolved instead it of... It just wasn't all dumped there yesterday. Together, yeah. Or it hasn't been sitting there since 1950. And all grown together and up over your windows and whatnot. All right, I mean, I, I think that's that's a pretty good answer. We'll um, finish up with a question from one of our 
viewers when we come back in just a minute. Welcome back. We are going to take a question from one of our followers. Yeah, it's this, kind of a lengthy one, but it's it's a good one. <laughs> I really like these questions you guys are sending in, especially when they have some background to them, because the the simple questions can be so easy to like take in a thousand different directions and not really answer the question that you're asking. And so I like this one a lot because it's real specific. All right, ready? It says so marital conflict over projects. Do y'all even have this? I have a friend and we literally text each other the word hashtag shelves for prayers almost every time our husbands do projects because it can be the most simple task of even hanging shelves and it's as if we've asked for the moon and it gets way too hard and way too expensive way too fast. So then we just don't do the projects or put them off until absolutely necessary. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would say that we do have those conflicts, but they're not... They don't lead to things not getting done. My my conflict is usually I've got this thing I want to do, and I'm like, hey, can you do this thing? And he says, yeah, I'll do it. And then I'll be like, hey, can you do this? Hey, yeah. Hey. Hey. I keep, hey. Hey. Hey, you awake hey. over there? <laughs> yeah. You're still alive? I want it done now, please. But Thomas is extremely compliant um, and knows the thing. The things need to be done is willing. If you have someone who is unwilling and unable you know, hanging one shelf is not worth calling a contractor or a handyman over for, but I would highly recommend getting a whole list together. Of all the things. All the things. All the simple tasks that you need. If it really is hanging shelves and hanging mirrors and right. simple things. And getting a price for all those things. Once you're and that that's another tip and a, a bit of advice too is to not ask a contractor basically there's like a price of entry into your house more or less you know when you call a plumber and there's a service fee and he might come over there for an hour or two hours but it doesn't kind of matter how long he's there unless there's a repair involved but if he comes it's going to be 65 dollars yeah, like every initial time cost there's an initial cost upfront cost and so you have to think of that too when there's a contractor coming over there is a cost of them getting out of their office and coming and driving to your house and being there with you so once he's there or she's there um, which I highly recommend, female contractors. The attention to detail is amazing. Um, for them to come into your house and do four or five things at one time um, and get them all knocked out, it'll make you feel good and they will feel like you're not stringing along projects. Most contractors want to get multiple things done. They don't want to come over to right. nail one yeah. nail into the wall and hang a picture. It's easier for them in terms of their their time because they're especially now i mean they're super busy oh man that if i can just come over do six whatever little projects around your house and then be done and that's it's easy for you that's easy for me so i think the answer the easy answer is probably stop asking your husband to do things and just get a list together and call a contractor now there's some husbands who it does get expensive, and they do gripe about it, but they still don't want you to call a contractor. I mean, it's time to have a conversation. Yeah, because I, I I remember you insulted me once. Oh, sorry. You re- you'll remember this. Oh, great. You said, um, "Hey, you know, when, whenever we do that the the downstairs area or whatever in this new house, I want to hire someone to do all the sheetrock." And I was so insulted by that, like. Is my work not good enough for you? Like I'm, 
I'm pretty dang good at sheetrock. Not, I'm not a superstar, but I'm good. What, what is that face for? I think <laughs> I'm average. You're okay. She look. Sheetrock is an artist that that it can is. do a really great sheetrock job. Once I job. get going, once I get about that third sheet up, I'm good. And honestly, it takes I don't. A little while to get warmed up to it. Great. But, so half my room sucks. Well, you just got to go back. You just oh, take so many you layers. A few, anyway, a few I don't think that the conversation was about sheetrock. I think it was about molding and trim. No, it was about sheetrock because your 45 degree angles ain't great. That yes, I'm not gonna. I'm, I, you want to hire someone to do can, molding and trim? I will happily. I think that was the argument. It was not because I would not be insulted about the molding and trim, but the sheetrock I was. But really, what it came down to, it wasn't. You weren't saying that because I'm so I'm so bad at doing sheetrock. It's more of a time thing. I mean, these rooms are so much bigger than anything we've ever dealt any, with. Yeah, right. And we're taking like we're gutting uh, them. And you eventually know, off. the compromise, because it's always a compromise, the compromise was that you would work in tandem with a helper basically. Yeah. So I hired I asked someone to come in and give us a price on putting up sheetrock, closing in some doorways, doing some things. And basically you would come behind him every day. He would leave at five. You would come in or three th- whatever time you were basically coming in right behind when he was leaving. And then you would work for a few hours at night, which was all the time you would have had to do any to work anyway. Right. So we got the project done in a fraction we, of the time. Yeah. Then you could have done it yeah, yourself. Right. But I, so getting back to what I was going to say though, is I think that with men, there is sort of this. I can do that. I'm, pride. Yeah, it's pride, sir. I, I'm the, I'm the alpha dog in this house. I can build that shelf and get it hung. And and you just either you don't have the time or you don't have the tools, and so you have to go get the tools, and so that's extra time. And by the way, ladies, you can learn how to do this stuff too. Absolutely. Stop relying on a man. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know the last time I hung a shelf. I think you probably. I know in, in the girls' so. room, I think you did almost all of those. Yeah. I know because there's a picture that has a hole through it. Oh, yeah. I did do that. To, I don't know, what I don't know how I did that. that. I think I was putting a hanger on the back of it or something. Anyway, I just, I don't want the ladies to feel like they're helpless because they have a husband who or a partner or whatever that's not interested. I keep using male and female, but that's not always the case. But um, I don't want whoever it is to feel like they're relying and waiting on someone else. A drill is not a, a is a power tool, but it's not going to hurt you. W- look at some YouTube videos. You can watch YouTube videos just as easily as he can mm-hmm. and figure out how to do it yourself. Yeah, if, if they're You'll dragging feel, their feet and they, yeah. they're they not interested or they don't have the time. And if they truly wanted to do it, they'll feel guilty about it and then they'll do it next time. Right. Next time or, you ask, they'll go do you, it. they'll see you doing it. Like, I, I got it. I got it. You know. Move. Hand me that level. <laughs> I'll take it from here. What anyway, do you want it exactly? That's always, I always gather my tools whenever you need me to hang something. I measure the room. I mark the middle of the wall and all this kind of stuff. And then I, where do you want this thing now? Mm, sometimes you don't ask, though. Like those lights upstairs, you didn't ask. I did ask. I just forgot what you said. That's a little different. Oh, anyway, we've given we y'all had, several solutions to your to your problem with people not wanting to do work. And ultimately, if you can't get somebody else to do it, you're going to have to figure out how to do it yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's sometimes In the best fact, way to do it. That's right. That's how we've done it. Well, if you enjoyed listening, uh, we invite you to check us out 
on Instagram and Facebook. All the social medias. Facebook is. We're not on Twitter, though. We're not on Twitter. It's I'm not really a, not It's not a, my jam. We're not even on TikTok yet. Are we going to be on TikTok? I don't know. I'm on TikTok. I just had a video go over 10,000 views for some random reason. I can't figure it out yet. Anyway, on Facebook, but, we are Building Aaronsburg. On Instagram, we are Building Aaronsburg. And if you'd like to email us your questions or your construction stories, which we have one coming up that I am dying to share, hilarious, um, you can email us at buildingaaronsburg at gmail.com. We'll see y'all next time. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. I think the front part, first part was floundering severely. It is. I'm real good at getting off subject and making distractions.